Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, in one of the most astronomical weeks of the calendar year, is my brother, Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports, our resident Iowa State insider. And good Lord, Nick, March Madness is upon us, along with NFL Free Agency. A remarkable time to be alive. How are you doing tonight, my brother? You know, really, you you sold it well, my dude. I'm doing great. This has got to be one of our favorite weeks, really, of the entire year. You know, it takes on a little bit of a different feel, different value when you're working it, but it is still very exciting. I know we'll touch on that later, but NFL free agency also getting going. Nick, it's really tough for me to decide which I'm more excited about. Obviously, in the moment, I have to look into Iowa State's matchup on Friday down in Greensboro, North Carolina, where we will both be in attendance. But in the long term, our beloved Chicago Bears are making moves for a potential championship down the road. So it is truly one of the best times in my life to be a sports fan. And I am so grateful that we get to capture this moment and dive into March Madness all weekend long. So folks, strap in for a wild one. And as always, juice up. All right, Nick. Of course, the most important news of the last week, including the trade that went down on Friday between our beloved Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers, is Ryan Poles is doing exactly what he came to Chicago to do. He made a monster splash in trading the number one overall pick to Carolina which I don't actually know the direction that franchise is moving, but I very much know where we are headed, and it is the promised land. Polls traded away number one. We got Carolina's ninth pick, a second-round pick this year, a first-round next year, and I believe a second round in 2025. But my absolute favorite part of this trade is a proven talent right now in this day and age, DJ Moore, the present-day wide receiver one for our beloved Chicago Bears, a multiple-time 1,000-yard receiver. Nick, this was my favorite move that the Bears have made, even when you factor in the free agency acquisitions. I definitely agree with you, bro. You know, it was kind of a special moment. I was obviously in Kansas City working, and I was around a bunch of media members. I think at about the same time, I saw a retweet. Somebody started talking about it. I texted you. You called me. And I was happy either way because Poles was aggressive and made that deal. But I didn't see the DJ Moore aspect until obviously a few minutes later. And for that, I was the most excited. As you know, this is somebody that I've had on fantasy teams, including just this year on a championship team in our league. 
And, you know, he's a really good talent. And, and I think that he fits very well with some of what Justin Fields wants to do and the Bears offense. I think that was a really good move. I know we'll touch on some free agency areas, but that made me happy. And, and I think above all else, it showed they're believing in Justin Fields. And this is going to show us really what he can do. Nick, you summed it up perfectly there. And what I take away is, of course, we love draft picks and still retaining an extremely high one in the ninth pick overall this April, which is truly mind-boggling. But I'm all about proven talent in this league. And, of course, DJ Moore is coming off of a down year, but that's with a revolving door at the quarterback position. You talk about P.J. Walker, a Baker Mayfield who was halfway out the door, and Sam Darnold. That's who he was working with at the quarterback position. Not a great QB room, if I'm being honest. And now he is stepping into a role as the clear-cut number one option on this offense, along with a franchise quarterback a dual-threat monster in Justin Fields. This offense is shaping up to be remarkable. We know what they did in a three-win season. They scored a heck of a lot of points. And now it's time to have a primetime player at wideout who will complement Darnell Mooney perfectly as Darnell is a deep threat when you need to go up and snag one beat your man 40 yards downfield, but DJ Moore is going to get those chunk yards and a sure thing at that receiver spot. So by far and away, my favorite part of the trade is the young man coming from Carolina and looking for a bounce back year. Moving forward, Nick, free agency opened up Monday morning here in the Midwest and from Jump Street, the Bears made a splash. We know the type of weapons we have on offense. And in 2022, the Bears had arguably the worst defense in football, especially after trading Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn and losing Eddie Jackson to injury and Jaquan Brisker to injury. That was a pitiful performance on the defensive side of the ball this past season and we're addressing those issues right away with a Super Bowl standout one of our favorite players coming from Madison Wisconsin TJ Edwards at the linebacker spot who actually showed up and showed out against the Chiefs might not look like it on the scoreboard because it was such a high scoring championship game but you saw his name called on a number of occasions in that Super Bowl. And my favorite move of the day is two-time Pro Bowler Tremaine Edmonds giving him astronomical money, $50 million guaranteed over four years. The monsters of the midway are back. Yes, a big-time move. So I would say mine would be T.J. Edwards. And there's a little bit of an emotional tie here. He was a classmate of mine. I covered him for about a year. 
And we're actually, you know, friends on a couple of social media things. It's cool. I, it's not like we're close, but he'd recognize me. It's just kind of a cool connection. I think that the price that they were able to kind of pick him up at was pretty, uh, pretty astounding. I think he's probably better than that. I personally think they overpaid a little bit for Edmonds. But again, we need those issues dealt with defensively. And then the trenches, man, like you used to play in a couple of former Titans, I believe. Nate Davis, I believe, a guard, which is massive, especially along with some of who the Bears are looking at in that offensive line. And then Walker, also from the Titans along the D-line. I'm excited. You know, I'm glad you you didn't get too crazy about the offense, but you talked about the weapons, and we didn't even hit on a couple guys you love, like Cole Komet, and now... There, as of this recording, there is a chance Montgomery could be back. Certainly not done or anything, but doesn't seem like a lot of people are pressing for him right now. Juice Herbert, decent running back class. I am very excited, not only with the moves the Bears are making, but how quickly they're trying to get them done now. Nick, you truly have me grinning from ear to ear right now. I love you tying in those two Titans now. Chicago Bears, it kind of goes without saying how important Nate Davis was to that Titans offense. You have one of the most prolific running backs in the history of football running behind him, and that offensive line was working wonders for Derrick Henry with holes that you could drive a Mack truck through. So Nate Davis is going to be a clear-cut starter come July in training camp. And yes, DeMarcus Walker is a nice piece added to the defensive line, but certainly not a big name coming from a historically solid defense led by Mike Vrabel, uh, coach down in Tennessee. He's coming off of his best statistical season, which is certainly a bright side, but the two blockbusters in free agency have to be Edwards and Edmonds. Those are going to get confusing for the casuals, but not us as this defense will soon have its identity back and the Bears could quite possibly compete for the division title in year one of this revamped roster. Honestly, I think they can. I mean, as of this recording, we're anticipating some Aaron Rodgers news, potentially when you all are listening to this, that he's likely appearing to go to the New York Jets. I haven't seen anyone report that it's not trending that way. And obviously some of the signings they're making, I mean, that could be a whole nother show. Uh, it's a little ridiculous. And, and, and the way this is going down, I'm even starting to take back some of what we texted about that I'll kind of pull for him to do well. However, being where I am in central Iowa, as you say, Aaron, Alan Lazard's headed there. Brees Hall is already a star there. I could see a lot of these cheeseheads around here tossing that and headed out to the green and white out east. Nick, you're absolutely right. We could do an episode solely based upon the Aaron Rodgers drama over the last couple of weeks. But Aside from the Bears, that has been the NFL news I've been tracking most closely. Obviously, being in the state of Wisconsin and my life is surrounded by Packers fans, I will be 
over the moon if Aaron Rodgers can go into New York with a plethora of weapons around him. We saw the Iowa State legend Alan Lazard get signed this afternoon. Brees Hall, hopefully come back healthy, was on pace to be Rookie of the Year in 2022 before a torn ACL. If Rodgers recommends the Jets sign all of his guys from Green Bay and doesn't end up going there, that will be the greatest heel move in the history of sports. And I genuinely don't know what Packers fans will think, what the NFL fan base will think as a whole. But I will tell you this right now. Packers fans have been sour on Aaron Rodgers for the last couple of years. And what I want from him is to have a dominant season elsewhere. It could be with the Jets or it could be another franchise. But I want him to flourish. I want him to be in the MVP discussion because Packers fans will have to eat their words claiming that he's over the hill and it's time for Jordan Love because again with that Jets defensive unit and countless weapons on the offensive end that is a team I could see stepping into the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers under center oh god well I guess first I'll say would we be surprised if that was something Rodgers pulled I certainly wouldn't be I respect him as a player, but even before, you know, we won't go too deep here, but some of the ridiculous nonsense the last couple of years, I was always rubbed the wrong way a little bit based on how he handled himself at a Wisconsin sports award show I, I covered five or six years ago. And this was already we haven't been fans because we're diehard Bears fans. I don't think he's a horrible human. I don't think he's a great one, but... With some of the weapons that you mentioned, it could be a lot of fun in New York. It could certainly be fun, me watching from afar. Already, some of these fans out here with the Cyclones are talking about it. And yeah, it would certainly be, I would say, expected for them to make the playoffs. And if their defense performs even close to what they did this year, which I would think they will, with obviously Robert Sala, you know, I believe Reed, Gardner, a lot of the talent still coming back, you know, Sauce Gardner and, and some of these other young stars. I would think they're close to, I'll even say close to the Bills in AFC East favorites, quite honestly. Uh, that's kind of how much I think competent QB play changes things uh, compared to last year. But other than that, you know, it has been interesting. I think we're going to kind of get our answer tomorrow probably when I'm flying on this plane to Greensboro. It's been an exciting offseason, and, and I will say this. I will be a little bit upset if he gets his full wish and gets OBJ because you know that's my guy. Nick, you mentioned it so well there in terms of Aaron Rodgers, the human, and the football player. There is no question that he is one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever witnessed, and We've been on the losing end of countless performances from Aaron Rodgers, and that will be his greatest gift is leaving the NFC North, and I never have to face him two times a season and likely lose to him like clockwork, 
Maybe we'll catch him over the next couple years. Uh, once on the schedule, if he does become a New York Jet, but I believe he's a horrendous human, and I will be so grateful to be rid of him once he does go to New York, and I hope he has a remarkable career season just to watch Packers fans crumble as they have a young talent in Jordan Love who will meet some growing pains in year one as a starter up north. But Nick, you said it best. This is the football offseason, and we are in the thick of March Madness and my beloved Iowa State Cyclones, the team that you cover, is heading down to Greensboro, North Carolina for their first round matchup in the NCAA tournament. And tonight, as we record this, they will be watching closely who will come out of the play-in game, whether it be Mississippi State or Pittsburgh. The winner of that game will have to quick turnaround and play the red hot cyclones down in greensboro with both of us in attendance it's going to be a dream this is my second year following the cyclones wherever they play in the tournament last year i was lucky it was in my backyard and then just a quick trek down to chicago for the sweet 16 but this year, we're making the long trek southeast to a state where I've never been. And it is going to be a spectacular weekend. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This was finally, as we record on Tuesday, finally the day I got my travel set, you know, football articles out, things like that to really kind of get in and enjoy the moment. And there's a time and place for that. I love my brackets and things, but I'm really just excited for the basketball. We'll have a good meal out there with the family. I'm very, I am very grateful. It's honestly a little unbelievable still that you guys are doing this, but we'll have a good meal. And then it's going to be coming down to simply win or go home time. And I think personally, from when I've been speaking with fans, you know, writing on the board and just kind of my take, I feel that Iowa State, it's not really a hot take to say they're a better team than either of the teams in the play-in, obviously. I think they match up better with Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh might be more talented than Mississippi State, but I think that they really only have one way to win, and that's to basically, this will sound cliche, of course, but you understand, outscore their opponent. I think that they're so offensively focused and I don't think they're necessarily as deep or as physical as a Mississippi State team there's a reason that the Bulldogs are favored in this playing game Tuesday night I will be trying to watch as much as I can we both know I'll watch till the end as long as it's close but yeah it'll be really intriguing and then it'll be fun to kind of dive in on my end and see really what this team's going up against right we'll be able to do some media with these teams coming up uh, I've certainly got respect for both of these potential coaches. And I think that my guess is Iowa State will be favored over whomever, but it could be a pretty tight spread, especially if it's Mississippi State that cannot shoot. 
like truly from from long range that's not what they're known for um you know, I believe they're one of the last teams in three-point shooting percentage, but they can defend like crazy, and they're a good, well-coached team. Nick, you're answering a couple of the questions that I was planning to ask you in terms of Iowa State's second consecutive year in the tournament under T.J. Osselberger. But one thing I really wanted to focus on is do you think we're at an advantage in terms of being a team that is awaiting its opponent in the playing game. And does it really matter whether it's Mississippi State or Pittsburgh or is Iowa State going to go into that game Friday afternoon and put the clamps down like we've seen 30-plus times this year against Highly ranked opponents. You talk about Baylor, Kansas, North Carolina at the time, number one overall. This Iowa State team plays in the toughest conference in college basketball. So does it really matter an 11 seed? I know Mississippi State plays in a tough conference, but it does not compare to the B12. So is either opponent a factor or is Iowa State going to struggle to a victory on Friday afternoon. Yeah, I, I would say they are at a bit of an advantage just because they're able to do scouting in a legitimate win or go home game where obviously if Pitt or Mississippi State loses, their respective seasons are over. But I, I wouldn't overthink it. I think it's still really the body of work. You mentioned the SEC. It's a damn good league, brother between them, Arkansas, Kentucky, Auburn, obviously the best team in the country in Alabama. I'm forgetting several others, Texas A&M, and I believe they have a couple more in the tournament too, Missouri. So they play a lot of good teams. Again, I think Iowa State will be better and, and likely defeat whoever they play, but man, the ACC was horrible this year. And I just think that that's a much better matchup uh, I, this was a little bit before my time, but I believe former Cyclone Blake Hinson is also one of the main kind of players and scorers for the Pitt Panthers. So that would be a little bit interesting of a storyline. But I'm really excited either way. And I'm grateful that so far, and this isn't necessarily likely to be my last, but so far two for two seasons with tournament appearances here in Ames. Nick, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Central Iowa became an extremely special place to me when you got there toward the end of 2021. And its teams have only done the unthinkable since your arrival, especially covering this basketball team. Of course, ascending to the Sweet 16 last year and taking down ranked opponent after ranked opponent this year. So. I'm just hoping we can make it to Sunday and extend my vacation down in North Carolina because these last few days of the week are going to be a dream. And I'm hoping Iowa State has an opportunity to play in that second round with a very similar scenario to last year. Regardless of the opponent, I personally 
feel extremely confident that they're going to come away with a win. No, I have not watched much of the Pitt Panthers or the Mississippi State Bulldogs. There's a reason they're seeded 11 in this 64-team tournament, and Iowa State has taken down Giants over the past few months. So I have no worries. They're going to play sound defensive basketball, and Jaron Holmes and Gabe Kalsher are going to lead the way offensively. But the shots have to fall in order to extend this season into Sunday. Well, you know, I gave plenty of basketball analysis there. I will say, as we wrap a little bit, we got to get out east together. I think that Rob Jones is going to have a major impact, whoever they play. Uh, Specifically, I think, in the Pittsburgh matchup. And number two, let's just say I'm packing for five days. Folks, Nick is more than anticipating another trip to the Sweet 16. I will be capping it off on Sunday, win or lose as I have to get back to the real world, unlike some of us. But last year, I was lucky enough to have Iowa State playing so close to home and had the opportunity to follow them around. But this weekend is truly going to be one for the ages. And I am so grateful to have a successful team in my fandom tj otzelberger homegrown milwaukee kid leading the way for our iowa state cyclones the greatest time of year is here and nick i know you mentioned the sec when you talk about mississippi state to round out the show here i hate to say it but in my first couple drafts of my bracket i have none other than the Alabama Crimson Tide winning the tournament. I hate rooting for them, but I have not seen a more complete team in this field of 68, soon to be 64, and I think they're going to win the title. I think that I agree with you because ceiling-wise, as I've started my brackets, which I have not fully finished, my guy here, I think that they're not only the highest ceiling team in the country, and I have watched a decent amount of them, specifically the last few weeks, but I think it's pretty obvious that is the worst region. I can't really even think of who else could beat them. I am forgetting the two there. I believe it's Arizona, who is a good team, a really good team, actually. But like the rest of of that region, as it normally is for the number one overall seed, not too tough. I think Houston and certainly Kansas have some tougher roads, but we will see kind of where I go with there. I would say hopefully we're doing another one of these and I'm doing some work shows after an eventful weekend out east in Greensboro. Nick, you know I always have to keep it rolling with the Big 12. So against Alabama, I of course have the Texas Longhorns in that championship game. And I don't want Alabama to reach those heights, but you said it best. They have a cakewalk to the Final Four. Yes, Arizona is a high-scoring, high-powered team, but Alabama has guys, aside from Brandon Miller, that can get to the bucket at will. 
Watch out for a man named Javon Quinterly. And yes, this man has been around the block. He's older than me, still playing college basketball. But that team is like no other. And I could see them just strolling to the finish line. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. March Madness is upon us. Let the wild rumpus start. And as always, juice up. Bear down forever.